Greetings, glorious beings. I'm Paulette, your host of Thriving in Chaos, the podcast. I'm thrilled to introduce you to sparkling examples of inspiring, powerful, wise, and trailblazing women. I've curated experts in their fields to help us all listen, learn, and grow towards all the possibilities of living your best life. As a certified divorce coach, I regularly witness a range of deep emotions. What those emotions have taught me is all we really need to support our sisters is to share our knowledge and loving kindness. Please subscribe and thank you for sharing the love by tuning in. Now let's thrive in the chaos. Welcome to Thriving in Chaos, everyone. I'm Paulette, your host, and today I am thrilled to have a lovely, sacred woman with me. Her name is Dr. Kylie Hanish. We had the joy, well, I had the joy of meeting her by accident when I was asked to volunteer my time for a group of lovely women who had just experienced um, post uh, pre pre what, what is the official title for it, Kylie? Um, pregnancy and infant loss. Pregnancy and infant loss. And at the time, I didn't really know what that was. I am one of the fortunate mothers that had uneventful pregnancies, other than throwing up quite a bit, and three vaginal births, and all of them came out. You know, wasn't a day at the beach, but got through it with flying colors. And being a yoga teacher and a wellness pioneer, I immediately said, sure, sign me up. I would be honored. So I walked into this lovely uh, retreat in Vermont, and I was greeted by this um, glowing, uh, lovely woman, um, and I instantly fell under her um, uh, I don't know, uh, this, this aura of her, her gentleness and her education, her experience, her wisdom and her compassion and her ability to walk women through the healing steps needed when they are thrown into the, the ocean, right? Of waves of emotion, of, of not really sure how to feel. I was um, thrilled to have been asked to teach a yoga class for the women, and they were all incredibly kind and um, enjoyed my class tremendously, so much that I then did a second one and really got to know them quite well over the course of the weekend. And then Kylie and I got to know each other just through bonding and reconnected, and um, then um, we have a lot to talk about because she recently... Uh, just finalized a divorce and is now kind of coming full circle with the work I do with women going through trauma and grief and loss and then coming full circle with the work she continues to do with women experience grief and loss. So welcome to Thriving in Chaos, Kylie. Thank you. I'm, I'm excited and honored to be here and I'm slightly blushing but everything you said about me. Yeah. So um, but yeah, I'm, I feel so honored to have met you six years ago and that we have been able to stay in touch and support each other virtually in all the endeavors that we're, we're just moving through. 
So thank you for having me and inviting me on here. Well, it is an honor for me. I truly remember being welcomed with open arms by you and your staff and these beautiful women. I think there were about 30 of them. And just being um, privy to being able to spend some time with them and really being able to learn and become so much more aware. You know, the training I did as a doula, we didn't really have a lot of extensive training in stillbirth and infant loss. It was always assumed that everything would go great, that there'd never be any loss. Um, So I was completely unprepared for that. And shame on Dona and the other, you know, uh, trainings that I've done. And I don't mean to shame them. They're lovely organizations and I mean no harm. But I do think that it would be very advantageous for women like myself who are trained certified birth doulas and also in yoga birth method with Dorothy. We really never touched on infant loss. So I felt so deeply honored to just learn and go away from that weekend wiser and more inspired and empowered to be able to help other women. So mm-hmm. women come to me a lot for as, as a prenatal yoga teacher too for miscarriage early, but you have you know reminded me that you know um, a stillbirth is typically anything after 19, 20 weeks. And that is, you know, I would say. I forget the statistics, but it, there's a lot of women that experience that loss. Um, I just want to briefly tell everybody, too, before we get into your story, that one of the most powerful moments of my life was to watch your film, Return to Zero, with the women. Mm-hmm. I yeah. highly recommend everyone to watch the movie um, with Minnie Driver and Paul. I forget his name. Edelstein. Thank you. Uh, wonderful film. Uh, even if you haven't had infant loss, it's a fabulous movie. But if you have or you know someone who has, please watch Return to Zero. It's uh, life-changing and will teach you so much about really the things in the industry, the medical industry, and it is one, right, that, that really is not prepared to coach heal and work with with families with couples with men and women going through this so i was you know in awe of the film and of course the talent um that you and your husband put together with the film so with that said could you share your story about um why you created that film why you created uh, return to zero and your your foundation called hope yes so Um, I guess I'll start with, so my own loss experience, my first child, Norbert, uh, who is actually named after the dragon in the Harry Potter books, that was his pet name. We didn't have a name for, we didn't have a name for him. So when he was born, that was just what he was. So it probably wouldn't have been his real name, but it's sweet. So in 2005, he was stillborn at 35 weeks. So basically, it's the end of the pregnancy. Um, And I went into labor thinking I was having a baby a little bit early and learned that his heart had stopped beating. And um, with 
you know, with my experience, I had zero guidance. Like I was basically sent home from the doctor's office, told to go to the hospital the next day. And I was in labor. And looking back, I was like, why did they send me home? And there was, there was nobody talking to me about what was going to happen. Um, and then when, when I was there, there was no guidance. Like when he, when he was, um, came into the world, not breathing, there was no guidance about what to do. And, um, and now everything I know, it's like, there's so much you can do in that time with the baby and the time is limited, but it doesn't have to be so limited. Um, and, and there's a lot of memory making that can go on and really uh, embracing yourself and identity as a parent. And this is your child mm. and that, impacts your mental health and like the trauma that can come out of this experience um, and significantly decrease the trauma if you're able to really embrace this identity and have these experiences and memories with your child. So I had a pretty horrific experience um, which ended with them putting my baby in a cardboard box in front of me like he was trash and um, and, and you're just in shock and you're like, I cannot believe they're doing that, but you can't even talk. So, um, I was pretty traumatized, um, and I didn't deal with it. I mean, I tried to get reach out for help and I had a baby, like a live baby 14 months later, my daughter who's 13 now. Um, but with her, I had undiagnosed postpartum PTSD you know, and so even though I knew that what I was feeling was not normal, there was nobody who was able to tell me what was going on with me. And I mean, whatever, I tried all sorts of things and nothing was really helping. And so um, with the film, so the film came nine years after our loss and um, Sean is a filmmaker and he really felt like it was his calling to make this film talking about the experience of stillbirth and the impact it has on a couple and their community. And he wrote and directed and produced and financed it. He made it independently. Um, and so that when it came out into the world, so many people who had been through a loss were responding so well to the film because they felt like they were not isolated and alone, that, that they had a voice through this film, that they felt validated in their own experience of loss. And so there was really, just surprisingly, this really powerful global community that Sean was able to create um, through the, even just the possible existence of the film. And, and so that was kind of put out into the world. And it was for me really hard because I'm a really private person. And I so, yes. And I just was struggling with, oh my gosh, what are people going to think of me? And they're going to know all this bad stuff about me because it's, it's the film is all intimate moments. Yeah. Um, yeah. And 
I cringe. I'm like, oh my gosh, like it just, it's, it's beautiful, but it's hard, you know, and because it is so intimate um, and not everything is exactly true in the film. Um, well, it's a film, sure. But it's a film, you know? And so, but I was like, do I need to tell people what's true and what's not true? And, and I had a, an older, wiser friend say to me, like, it's none of their business. Like, it's a film and it's like out there and it's not your job to tell people what, you know, just so. Um, and I remember the first time I had to share my story was on Entertainment Tonight. So rather than going like small, right? Like, oh, let's start. You just jumped my, into the fire. I just, girl. I just yeah. like, let's go really big. Um, but the woman who interviewed us did such a beautiful job because I felt safe, even though it was scary because I was talking about this thing that I haven't really talked about. Right. I, I did feel safe. And it was that, that I, I started making this, I had to make a conscious decision to, to be willing to share about my story in a public way, knowing that it would help other people and that that was important or more important than me feeling comfortable. Mm. Um, and me consciously choosing to feel uncomfortable in order to have a bigger impact. Mm. Um, and it was, it was not easy, but I, and then I had, I had to make a choice and I had to continue to make that choice in the beginning a lot. So let's think back. You have this experience and you have your daughter, um, how many months after? Uh, about 14 months. 14 months. And nine years later, the film comes out and you also had a son too. And I had a son. Um, uh, he was at the time of filming. He was six months old. Six months yeah. old. So here you are, um, kind of thrown into the spotlight, and you're now hopefully more healed and grieved because you've had a, a period of time. Did you feel that the film, even though it was something you supported and was in alignment with, and 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 knew that it would probably do some good for other women or families that? had experienced, because no one to the best of my knowledge has even touched on this subject. You knew no. that it, it would be good to, pardon the pun, birth it and put it out into the world. But it was deeply emotional to feel like you were now kind of picking a scab or being thrown into the fire of being more exposed and vulnerable at a time where you here are now trying to raise your two children. Um, but you continued to brave through it and, and start the foundation to support others. What was, your, yeah. what was your desire in not only having the film, but creating the foundation? So that the, the foundation started as the retreats. Also um, around the same time that the film was birthed, I got it, an idea in the shower I always get ideas in the shower too. Yeah. I, you know, yeah. I mean, I got this idea, this voice saying to me, like, you should, you should do a retreat for moms to bring them together and to nurture them. Like, those are my two 
goals in the beginning. But at that point, my son was 18 months old. And I'm, and I was like, that's crazy. Like, how can I do that? I don't even know what that looks like. I've never been to a retreat, but then stars starting started to align and it became apparent that this is what I needed to do. Um, funny enough though. So it was nine years after my loss, but I had not done the healing work on myself. I had shut it away in a closet. Like it was like my personal closet that I was like, okay, you know, I, I felt like time or what I've learned is time doesn't heal if you're not going to work on it. And it was there and it was festering. And I felt like I walked around with a, that I should have a shirt that says my baby died on it because I was so different than everyone else. And it brought me, it brought me to my knees. And it was, it was like, I had been through something so intense that I can now relate to people on such a deeper level who had also gone through something else so intense. Like it brought me deep and I was grateful for that, but I hadn't done my work. Mm. And it was through um, my own work, hosting the retreats that I started learning about healing. Um, interesting. Well, like I wouldn't, I would say like, hopefully I knew more than they did, but I didn't. Um, but I, I think it was the fact that I was willing to use the platform that I had and to let the greater powers work through me to create and hold a sacred safe space for women to be. Mm. And that it wasn't my job to heal them. It was my job to hold the space and let other powers work through me or whatever you want to say, God, spirit. Um, that is an intensely spiritual experience for me and for the women. Um, well, I, I, would, I would attest to that. I, I was a witness and the, oops, uh, the, um, the pain, the um, secrecy, the, 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 the sh not shame, but embarrassment, um, the emotions that I witnessed on Thursday or Friday or whatever the first day it was. I forget yeah. exactly. And the, the transformation of these women on Sunday. It's holy it's, crap. Totally it's different crazy. Women. They are totally different. Yeah. And I loved that you, I just remember like one of the things that you did there was you helped them feel their aura and then you help them feel their aura the next day change and see and help them come into their bodies. Um, and I think that, right, grief is so stuck in your bodies. And that's why yoga and movement is such an important part in really healing from a traumatic experience. Absolutely. Um, and you were just like, and you were light enough, but deep enough to help. It was just, it was such... Um, just a beautiful collision of like you being there at this right time and perfect place to be there for these women. Life is funny that way, Kylie, right? Yeah. Well, let's start to um, transition now from you um, getting this moment in the shower, right? And, and yeah. all of you listening out there, 
don't ever negate or you know begrudge or ignore the intuitive voice inside your soul and that DNA of your soul whispering to do something because it's it's a powerful voice of a higher being a universal calling that's coming to you and that is your purpose and your your responsibility on some level to create what it is you're meant to be here to create so i just happened to have been a fly on the wall to witness you now was well, how many retreats had you done when we collided was this this 10 no it was it was the second one but the first one that i'd done on my own okay all right so it was but pretty new in the process it was very new yeah, yeah. now um you're um further along the process the kids are grown more uh, seven and 13 yes others are ages i can't believe that and um you have made the brave decision through much contemplation to end your marriage what correlation if any and i don't mean to be presumptuous was the grief that you felt with the loss of norbert and your child similar or or maybe not i this is really a, a contemplative exploration for me as as your friend and and really a voice for other women out there who have also gone through trauma because i mean we've all gone through trauma and there, there's no competition out there um i once had a conversation with my mother about hurt and who was hurt more and i finally had to just put down my my foot and say listen you don't get a blue ribbon for who's been traumatized yeah. more but what how was trauma or that experience different was the loss in any way a preparation for the loss of the marriage and how did you handle that yeah i think when we experience a loss of any kind it triggers the loss response right like the old losses are kind of stoked in the fire so let's say when someone dies it triggers you to when other people have died or there may or it may just yeah loss it triggers other losses so so i do remember when i knew that i just i came to accept that my marriage was over as i knew it um, rather than trying to fight that i was like okay i accept it and i felt like i was grieving and then I said, I know I, this is what I do for a living. I should know how to grieve and what to do. And, and so what I really tried to do, I mean, it's different from your baby dying, but it's still a major loss. And I mean, I had been, I'd known Sean for 20 years and we've been married for 15 and we'd had three children together and we lost our first child and we made this film and we, we loved each other and cared about each other and we're both good people you know and um sometimes it's easier when someone does something and you can blame them but in this case it was pretty mutual and just like it wasn't working but i was really aware of um, i was grieving and i the biggest thing that i was trying to allow myself to do was to feel my feelings mm. and to not push them away 
Mm-hmm. Um, and to know that I had to go through this, feeling this bad, feeling whatever I was feeling, like I'm not a crier in general. And like, I allowed myself to cry and to mourn and to like lay in bed and to just like mope around. And I just gave myself permission to be with myself where I was. Mm. Um, And that went on like pretty intensely for three weeks. Um, Not that there's a, I mean, everyone has a time limit to, you know, if there's no time limit, it's going to be individual. Yeah. So there's no normal way to timeline for any of this, but that's what I remember. It was just very much like I'm honoring this in myself and I'm not pushing it away because I know if I push it away, there's, it's not going to go away. It's just going to fester. So that's what I, I was trying to be really present, you know, and I feel good about it. I mean, of course, like there will be times now it's a process like it's where things will come up, but more or less, I allowed myself that space to do that. Mm. Well, I have to say kudos to you for that. It's, um, it's easier said than done, you know, with the women that I work through and, and men too. I, I, you know, it's a little humbling to say I have male clients too, but I do. And, um, I think women are much braver when it comes to wanting to address their emotions than men and to reach out and ask for help. And the power that I see in community with women is very transformational. Uh, women can come together and support one another and inspire and empower and really stand by one another when it comes to grief and trauma. I know women get a really bad rap for being competitive and catty and bitchy and all the other things when it comes to corporate and, you know, being competitive with each other. But really when push comes to shove, when it comes to loss and grief Um, I see the um, transformation that is more um, forthcoming and and more powerful when it's done in a community versus when it's attempted to do, to be done solo. And that's really what I see with the retreats that you do and myself too. Yeah. I mean, I think, I think part of the key to that is, I was just having this amazing conversation yesterday with someone about the idea of integration. So when we go through something difficult, we will often develop a conflict between our inner self and our outer self. And the inner self is like what we're going through. And the outer self is how we have to portray ourselves to the world, to our community. And we have to act like we have it all together all the time because we live in a world where nobody really wants to hear how things are really going. They just want you to say, oh, fine. And so what I've seen at the retreats is the creation of this community that it's, it's a safe space for these people to really let their inner selves be outward. And there's the integration of the, inner and outer self and they be they reconnect to themselves and they can really 
not be shamed for what they're feeling, what they're truly feeling and where they truly are. And in that integration is the transformation in coming out of that weekend as a new person. Like I am transformed into this new, higher sense of myself who can embrace all of that within me. Mm. It isn't just I'm happy and I'm healed and all that. It's like, I am fully human and I embrace all of these parts of me as part of me. And I'm going to go out into the world being fully that. Um, and that we, when we can choose to be vulnerable with each other in a safe space where, where, you know, the leader will give permission, like this is what we're talking about and this is where we're going. People want that depth. It's just, they don't have the opportunity for it. Mm -hmm. So for for anyone who has had the experience of infant or pregnancy loss um, and are curious about attending one of your retreats, um, walk us through, not, you know, blow by blow and when they eat breakfast and all that, but, you know, just <laughs> because, you know, like, I'm so practical, but like, what, is, what is, should they expect? What would they, you know, besides packing their bags and getting on a plane, and um, I know you have two coming up. Um, one in April in Northern California, what would they experience and what would they expect to be on the schedule? Yeah. So I'm an occupational therapist by training. And so I bring my, uh, my approach of your holistic being into how we plan the itinerary. And we approach it as um, grief and trauma need to be kind of experienced on different levels and people will find healing in different ways. So we incorporate physical activity. So whether it's yoga or Nia, have you heard of Nia? I have. Oh, it's like the, yeah. For those of you out there who have not, it's this amazing healing dance form. That's like a combination of martial arts, yoga, dance. It's amazing. So we will do some physical to kind of un unstick your grief. Um, we have talking and group circles that work on the more cognitive, emotional part of people. We, we do, we approach it creatively. Like, so we'll have different arts and crafts that people will do. We try to have body work available, but we, we try to make it so that the, the schedule isn't too much of anything it's like bits and pieces of things and then allowing for free time in the afternoons because people need downtime, whether it's to nap, to process, um, to get a massage, that type of stuff. Mm -hmm. And I would say on average, there's 15 to 20 women who are there. Um, and of course it's everyone's scared and nervous to come, but like once you get through sharing your story, I can kind of like, everybody is able to identify pieces of themselves in other people. And then that really connects the group together. So Kylie, how long is too long after you've had a loss to attend one of these uh, retreats yeah. that you honor and, and procure and host, or is there no time limit? Yeah. I mean, we've had people as recent as like two to three weeks out from their loss attend and as far out as 35 years. So um, because they have, it's 
I mean, the woman, there's been a few women, it's been a long time and they just said, it's haunting me. Yeah. Um, and they need to, right? Haunting. Haunting. Yeah. And that there is no time limit. Um, so I would say that there's a wide range of ages of people who come and a length of time since loss varies. Some people have not had other children afterwards. Some people have, um, it's really kind of a wide variety of people that come. Yeah. I remember that. Of course, I don't remember the exact array of ages, but I do remember them being very diverse and, um, uh, in age and demographics and they were from all over. So it, listen, there is no time limit. You heard it from the experts. So if you feel like you, you're still being haunted and having a really challenging time, um, I, I encourage you to attend uh, her retreats. And so where are you going with this now, now that um, you, you've, kind of transformed the movie and created the retreats and the, the foundation and fast forward five years, 10 years, yeah. you know, the kids are older. What are you doing? What's your impact? What is it that's really important to you? What do you want to be remembered for? Yeah. So I'm right now I'm launching my own private practice. That's going to be working on transformational growth and healing after loss. Um, I see, I see myself at first working with people who've experienced pregnancy and infant loss, but really being able to expand to a wider community of people who've experienced any type of loss um, or going through a kind of like a midlife unraveling as Brene Brown calls it. Uh, where everything is falling apart and you don't know who you are and you're trying to rebuild yourself. And so like, how can, how can I walk with you to help you transform yourself? Mm. And I, I see myself working um, one-on-one, but also in groups because of the power of community, right? We, we just, what I hear so much is I feel so alone and I feel like the, I'm the only one out there who's been through this. Mm. And how can we, how can we create communities where people are not alone and isolated? Mm. Um, and, you know, I, and so I think I'm going to be able to use my, my speaking um, skills and whether it's training health professionals or speaking to women to inspire them, to let them know, like, I mean, and no, and not just women, like men too, because I think so often men are left out mm -hmm. and that helping men become vulnerable and um, talking about what they're going through. And I'm maybe not the one to create a men's group. I don't think that like me as Kylie is, is that's my calling, but opening up the conversation and that the right person out there will step into that role. But, but really just, you know, being honest about life is really hard. Um, and that being able to accept that the full picture of life is complex and that we don't have to be defined by what's happened to us. Mm -hmm. It doesn't have to freeze us in a certain space that we have the choice 
to participate in our own growth and healing. And I think that that's what I've really learned is that by doing nothing for nine years and sticking my stuff to the side, nothing really happened. Time went on and the intensity decreased, but it wasn't until I, I actively started participating in my own growth that anything happened. And I'm such a firm believer that you have to work on it. And a lot of times you need a guide, like, you know, whether it's a guide of someone who's, who's doing podcasts, you know, you're listening to someone and you don't know them. Maybe it's someone you don't know personally, or maybe it's someone you do, but you need someone to walk with you through life. And, and it's like, it's a journey and it's not, maybe not the same person all the time. It'll change. But like, I really feel that I am a spiritual guide. Um, that's kind of been what, what I've been called to do, which I never, ever would have thought. Like, I don't know, you know, I don't know. You never, you never think ahead that far. What you think of yourself is not like actually what becomes, but I do feel like I'm chosen to do this work and, um, and really trusting that, that I'm a vehicle from a higher power to really work through me to other people to help them navigate life. Mm -hmm. Well, I think that you're a spiritual guide. I've seen it. Oh, I've witnessed it. And I am honored to call you a friend and a, a peer and, um, and, and work with you professionally. And so what is the best way for people to follow you, to learn about you, to contact you, to learn about your foundation and just be in touch and perhaps think about going to one of your treats or even still, I know many of us that have not experienced, but we all know someone who has experienced loss and grief. What's the best way for them to, to work with you? Yeah. Find you? So um, if you're interested in pregnancy and infant loss, whether you're someone who's experienced it, um, you're a family or member or friend, or you're a health provider, I would say go to the website, rtzhope.org. And I'm so proud of the website. It has such amazing free resources on it. And we, we have written information. We have a YouTube channel. We have a webinar series that's kicking off. We have a support directory. Just have lots and lots and lots of great information. Resources. Um, we're on Instagram and Facebook uh, at RTZ Hope. So you can find us there. Um, and the retreats, that's, that information is on that website as well. Uh, and then for me personally, my personal website is drkileyhanish.com. So it's D-R-K-I-L-E-Y-H-A-N-I-S-H.com. So that is talking about my personal work, my tra like transformation and guidance work. And there's a blog in there. Um, and I have a Facebook page as well at Dr. Kylie Hanish. So there's a lot of crossover between the two of them, but yeah. yeah. You can you can find me one of those places. Yeah, you're pretty out there. I think yeah, I'm yeah. Find you. yeah, yeah. Google me. Um, who knows? Some fancy pictures will come up on Google of 
all dressed up, which is not what I look like every day. Every day I'm in my leggings, but. (laughs) (laughs) Well, there's always the real us and then the persona of us when we have to be interviewed on TV and, and, you know, look the part, right? That's the beauty of retreats, Kylie, is that you can be yourself. You can just literally pack your toothbrush and some comfy clothes and a journal and maybe some lip balm, a pair of sunglasses, a hat, and that's about it. You know, some yoga clothes and be yourself and connect to yourself and connect to others because feeling alone and feeling so unheard and vulnerable um, does nothing to heal the the process. It's, It's only when we do the work and get connected and I couldn't agree with you more that the healing begins when you're willing to feel uncomfortable and feel your feelings and do the work. Yeah. Thank you for your time. It's such a joy always to spend some time with you, even though you're all the way out there in California and I'm here in Atlanta. Um, I know we will work together again someday. Big virtual hug. I love you to pieces. And Really, she's just such a wonderful gift to all of us. So thank you, Kylie. Thank you, everyone. And no matter what, I want you to keep thriving in the chaos. Thank you so much, Paulette. Hugs. Pleasure. Thanks for tuning in. And make sure if you want to talk to us or ask us questions, you can always email us at thriving in chaos podcast at gmail.com. See you next week.